All right. So raise your hand if you have watched the preview for episode 306, A Malcolm, at least 10 times. Yep. Hands up. Uh, Raise your hand if you can't stop crying over the last three minutes of episode 305, Freedom and Whiskey. Yep. Hand is still up for that one. Isn't it crazy that we have been we've been through this journey that has been 20 years that we've only spanned over five weeks. But still, it has been such an emotional roller coaster for all of us Outlander fans. And it's finally getting to the payoff. We're finally getting to the reunion. We're getting to that satisfaction. And Claire's going to get some, too. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm Carson. This is Talk About Lander. Thanks so much for everybody that was live tweeting with me this week using the hashtag Outlander, using the hashtag Impossible Choices, because I understand that we were looking at Claire's options as impossible because basically she was choosing between Brie and she was she had Jamie on the other side of that. But was there any doubt that she wasn't going to try to go back once she got confirmation that he was alive and that she had a general location. Well, let's back it on up and see how this all started. Of course, we open with Dr. Randall in the operating room. She's working against the clock. And when Joe tells her, Dr. Randall, you don't have two seconds. Yes, she does. Uh, Dougal found this out. Remember every time Claire would try to fix up Jamie in the first episode or so, and it was, no, we need to get him back on the horse. And Claire Claire is not here for your time constraints. She knows what she's doing. She knows she's going to do it right. And she knows everything is going to work out. But you got to let her do it. And I loved that. I loved the mirror image between the 20th century and the 18th century. So we're... We're getting into Christmas, and here comes Roger pulling up in the cab, which is imagery that we will come back to. What I love, though, is that Roger is paralleling Claire. His flying across an ocean to chase down what's going to be the love of his life. Obviously, he's he's so invested in Brie. This is Roger's version of going through the stones. It may not be quite as dramatic as traveling through time, but I love the parallel. I love the foreshadowing. And what I love is the message of faith and hope. That's exactly, well, it's not actually what Roger flew here on. I get it. There's an airplane involved. But Roger came in with faith that this was going to work out with Brie and the hope that Brie felt the same way, which is exactly what we will be sending Claire back to the past with. But before we get to that moment, even though the tears, they're already ready to fall over the last three minutes, Claire and Brie are fighting Brie. Brie doesn't know her identity anymore. She's dropping out of Harvard. She doesn't know who she is. I mean, the last 20 years of her life, she thought this one guy was her dad, but it's actually someone else. And she hasn't been able to piece herself back together. So she storms out and poor Roger is like, oh, cool. Uh, The girl I was here to see just walked out the door. Now I'm hanging with her mom. But he does have the news for Claire that he's found Jamie. And we all thought the reaction was going to be, yay! She's got like the heart face emoji, but... Instead, she's she's devastated because this is hashtag impossible choices that if she decides to chase after Jamie, that means Brie is probably not going to be a part of her life anymore. And that kind of left Roger in a, oh, so um, mom's not happy with me. Daughter's out the door. So much for a happy Christmas. <laughs> Now, with Roger's journey foreshadowing the journey Claire will be on, also interesting foreshadowing, an interesting scene put in with Claire and Dr. Joe. Joe Abernathy is looking at this skeleton from the Caribbean that's a couple hundred years old. 
And if you haven't read the books, we're just going to leave that alone. But yes, that scene does matter. That scene is going to be something. Uh, then we head back to Roger and Bree. He's watching Dark Shadows. Now, did anybody else notice that the soda Bree took out of the fridge was called Extra? And she hands it to Roger. I mean, who is more extra than Roger? Going through all these records like a dog with a bone, finding Jamie, flying across an ocean to tell mom this in order to really get back in the good graces of the daughter. I mean, Roger is literally the definition of extra that in the dictionary Claire's got while she's, uh, well, she's got the encyclopedia, I guess. But you know what I mean? His picture would be next to extra in the dictionary. Then we get some more heavy-handed dialogue, some heavy-handed words going in our direction for the next few minutes with Bree and Roger being in the the, the over... What do you call that in Harvard? I think she mentions it, but, you know, they're going between the buildings and she's talking about the architecture, how the stones literally support each other and hold it up. And I'm like, wow, that right there, that's exactly her life. Her life was constructed because of stones. I mean, right there, smacking you straight in the face that the stones are the reason that Brie is alive. Like, that's crazy. And then we go to the uh, whole ceremony for Frank and the fellowship, and we run into Candy. (laughs) I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, Sandy. How you doing, Sandy? I didn't like Sandy getting all up in Claire's business. Um, Understand, you entered a relationship with Frank. You knew he was married. You knew he had a daughter. It sounds like he was pretty honest with her. And... You chose to continue to have that affair. No blame, no judgment, but don't go yelling at Claire because you think she held on to him. Girl, she asked for a divorce. Mm-mm. He wouldn't because of Brie. Because frankly, Sandy, he loved you. Not going to take that away from you, but he loved Brie. Brie was the love of his life. Well, one of the things Sandy did, not realizing it, was saying that, you know, you held on to him for 20 years. You don't know what I would give for one more day. And that's the moment, like that's the light bulb. Claire, one more day with Jamie. What would that be worth to you? And again, heavy dialogue and we all knew what it meant. We all knew where it was going. And what I loved was the scene afterwards when Brie is asking about the woman and she's talking about her father's. But it's it's the hope in that scene. And the hope comes out of Claire's handbag. She's carrying the piece, the, the literary, the, the thing that Jamie printed. I don't know. Do you call it a pamphlet? They didn't really have flyers back then, but the pamphlet she's carrying, that is hope coming out of Claire's purse because as much as she said she closed the door, she told Roger she didn't want to know. No, she's carrying hope around in that purse. Her faith is going to be tested. Her faith is going to come a little bit later, but right now she's got hope. What she doesn't have, though, is self-esteem. There's her and Brie sitting there in the window, which also I loved. If you look at the way that scene is shot, they're sitting on a couch together, looking each other in the eye. It was very equal footing that Claire saw Brie as a woman and Brie got to see her mom as a woman, that it it wasn't about this mother-daughter relationship. It was two women talking about their lives, specifically Claire wondering if Jamie was still going to find her attractive. Are you kidding? Have you seen you? Seriously? Like, you're older than me, and I, you know what? If I have to fast forward through time to look like you, I'll give up a few years. But we all know Claire's beautiful, but she's also, I I like the vulnerability. I like the female vulnerability that Claire, when it comes to work, again, it's juxtapositioned very interestingly with that first scene. You know, Joe's telling her, you don't have time. Yes, I do. Totally confident, Dr. Randall. Claire Fraser, 
no, she does have those insecurities on a personal level, which makes her so human and so complex. Uh, And the complexity is there because... She talks to Joe about it after they watch uh, the Apollo 8 stuff and like, oh, you went to the moon? Cool. I went back through time. I love how she's like, yeah, I kind of did that, too. My journey was actually better. But when she talks to Joe and says, you know, am I sexually attractive? Like, that's that's a pretty loaded question to ask anybody, especially for a woman to ask a man back in the 1960s. And he has the greatest response ever and further proves that. When it comes to Claire, men spanning across two centuries keep talking about her ass. Yep, Jamie talked about it. Now here we got Abernathy and we get it, Claire. You're hot. You're beautiful, which she needed to know. She needed to hear. And then when she said, thank you, Joe, it was so heavy. He he almost stopped and turned back because he doesn't know why there's such weight to those words. And yet we do because we know the decision has been made. So we cut to Christmas presents being exchanged and she's getting the history of Scotland. She's getting the Scottish money that she'll be able to use back in time in Edinburgh. And then she's trying to pack. She's got penicillin. She's got scalpels. And I'm thinking, what are you going to take back in time with you? Like, I wish I was like, I'd probably be like, I'm going to need all the contact lenses because I will not be able to see. But she really is thinking big picture, not just Claire. She's thinking the good that she can do because it's still it's that Hippocratic Oath. It's the doctor in her. It's the healer. And it's the caped crusader. Yep, because she is literally a superhero. She has designed herself the bat suit out of raincoats. And may I remind you, Brie, when you kind of scoff at the idea of your mom sewing up her own clothes, this woman put her hands in peace. To be able to set fabric. Remember that in season one? Like, she knows her way around some fabric. And if she can do that, girl knows how to work a singer. She's totally fine. I do love, though, that she dies her roots before she goes back. Because, girl, I am feeling you. I would be all about that. Now, before she leaves, she gives Brie Ellen's pearls such uh, such a weighty... Uh, I, I want to say gravity. Maybe that's not the right word. But it's, it's, such a, it's such a moving moment. It's such a big moment because it's... It's really three generations of Fraser women that have spanned two centuries. That's when you keep looking at the scope of this time and what's past that you realize how massive this is. So Roger, always quick with the drink, shows back up for one more wee nip and we cheer to freedom and whiskey. Those are the two things that are sending Claire back. She has her freedom. Sorry, Frank. And I'm sure a little liquid courage doesn't hurt either. Um, Roger getting his kind of happy ending moment with Brie cuddled up on the couch. They're going to watch Charlie Brown. He's eating the Boston cream pie and the lobster rolls. And she's got the Charles Dickens book. I like that they're creating the new traditions together because Brie says, I'll be okay. And she's now, it's when Jamie had said, you're my home. Well, I think now Brie has found her home. And the parallel between Claire's journey and Roger's journey. Well, his journey ended well, so let's see how Claire does it. Well, Claire gets into a taxi cab. See, this is what happened. Brie, one part of her life came in via taxi, the next love of her life. But the love of her life also left via taxi. Roger came in, Claire went out, and then Claire steps in the puddle back in the 1700s in Scotland. And this... I I don't know that we can talk about it enough. I don't know that we have the emotions to be able to settle down. It's still 
It's so fresh. I've watched it so many times. I still teared up. I'm, I'm watching it like late at night in my house. I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. And I think we were all doing that, just watching her back there and the sheer joy that is exuded on her face. She's walking through. She finds him because, of course, this kid knows where A. Malcolm is. And she's touching everything. Everything is tactile. She is She is taking in every moment. She's taking in every every part of this, every minutia, and it's her faith that's brought her here. It's her hope. And that joy is that she has found her faith, that she's so excited to see Jamie. But the nerves are still there because if you notice, right before she opens the door and we hear the little tinkle of the bell, she smooths her hair back. She's still, there's there's that, it's almost like she's going on a first date. It's been 20 years and while Bree has convinced her, Jamie loves you. Also, the the pamphlet, the thing that he wrote up with the Freedom and Whiskey quote, do you not understand, Claire? 20 years later, you're still in his mind. He's reciting you word for word. Everything you've said, every action, anything you've done is burned in his brain. You are still that real and still that 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 present at the forefront of his mind. That right there should have been proof positive, but I get it. I'm a girl. I feel you. But yeah, she's smoothing back the hair and then she walks in and and the tears are ready to spill and the light is just exuding. And she hears him. The voice is there. Took you long enough. Yes, we know he's talking to Jordy, but really? That line? Again, another weighted line that could go two ways because, yes, it did take her long enough. It took her 20 years. Now, let's go to the shot where she's looking over the print shop and she sees Jamie and she's just in this smile and we keep, I, I keep saying radiate, glow, because that's what it is. It's like she's the sun. Flashing back to the wedding. What does Jamie say? It was as if I'd stepped outside on a cloudy day and suddenly the sun came out. That's it. Claire is the sun yet again all these years. What, 23 years later? 23 years after that wedding day. I thought that was, I don't know if it was meant to be a callback to the wedding, but I really felt that it was. We all know how it goes. She sees him. He sees her. And he falls over and he faints. And it's the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. And you've got to laugh. And then you realize you have to wait two weeks. Two weeks for the extended, or as Mashable is calling it, sextended episode of Outlander 306. A Malcolm, we know that we're getting a reunion. We know that it's going to be a beautifully done episode. Everybody involved with the show has said it's a love letter to the fans. But again, may I remind you, it's two weeks You know what that is? That's Blackjack Randall level torture right there. But in the meantime, I'm I'm kind of got something I'd like to float around for next week's podcast. So hopefully you're subscribing on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter. It's Talk About Lander. You can also find me through Carson on air. And yes, this has been long, but so worth it because so many emotions had to come out.